High snap. Griff keeps it himself. Colbert Griff is headed to the sideline. Can he get to the first down? He stays in bounds. Heads up field. Gets a block. Can you catch him? He trips, stays on his feet, and he's down inside the five. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third generation owner of Pauliai's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PauliaisGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Pauliai's Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Welcome in to podcast number 17. Hey, it's great to be back. We've taken a, a week of vacation, then we took a week off to do a few other things, get ready for school. As Blake, your first day of college was today. Yes. And uh, your mother and I are blessed to have you. You're still staying at home, but <laughs> unfortunately you have a, an hour of day driving to get back and forth to Marshtown Community College. And how was first first day of broadcasting school? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, a lot of opportunities up there. Uh, didn't really meet a lot of new people, but I got to know a few of my teachers and stuff. And it's always good to get to know those people. And uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good school year, but I'm excited to come back and do these Friday night football events. And excited here for this podcast to talk about the little Hawkeye Conference slash 3A dis- dis- or 3A-7 uh, district. So... I think it'll be a good show. Well, as last Saturday prevailed, having two football games on TV that were non-pro, it kind of gets everybody in the itch for yeah. not only the big big Saturday college football, but, of course, we went to Iowa City High and got to watch the Grinnell Tigers play in the, I, I guess you'd say, scrimmage, exhibition yeah. game. Yep. Uh, I was pretty impressed. I, You know, I – didn't know what to expect. It seemed like the seniors that we lost last year were a, a big asset to the team. And going into Friday night's game, of course, you've been over and watched some practices. You were able to see the midnight practice to see what was out there playing. But for myself, it was the first time to get out there and watch them and see what they had. And, you know, it's it's pretty impressive when we come to the field with a freshman quarterback and um, Dallas uh, – Souser has a nice little arm on him, and you know, and it, and it wasn't always that he favored to run to his brother's side. He had a lot of backside passes, but I think it's it was definitely out there that Dodge's ability on that right right side of the offensive line to watch his brother's backside is kind of a nice thing in his mind that he could have that out there. Uh, the receiving core, you know, we saw some passes dropped, but we. Saw some passes get caught, too. Uh, I was very impressed with uh, tackling ability. I'm sure Coach Saucer could have a different critique on that, and after the season gets going, we'll have him in here and get a little bit of his perspective on what's going on actually in those practices on the field. But all in all, I mean, I I was impressed. You're going up against a 4A team. Uh, They definitely had a quarterback that was worthy of the accolades that he had uh, to sit back in the pocket. Uh, he had a, a rocket of an arm. He could throw that ball out there. Plus, they had some running game to go at him and a huge offensive line. Uh, but I think, nevertheless, of what the Tigers bring to the field, 
the parents that were there and some of the, the worthy travelers of the uh, Grinnell Tigers will be happy with what this season is going to be bringing us. But So a couple things to also throw out there is this week, uh, not only is it the first home football game, uh, what we're going to do tonight is go over, and we're kind of a late podcast. We had to get things all uh, gathered together, had a busy weekend, but we are going to review the whole season for the Grinnell Tigers, and we're not going to tell you how tough it's going to be. We're not going to tell you how it's easy it's going to be, but then as we get to every team that is the opponent in the district, we're going to talk a little bit about their schedule too. So it'll be a full night of statistics, uh, those who know Blake, he is a statistic man. I, I specifically at the end of the podcast, we're gonna make Blake's predictions. I'm gonna predict the entire 3A District Seven, and if I get it right, which I probably won't, but I'm gonna predict the records for each team. And uh, don't don't take it as a gambling thing, because you know sports betting is a thing, but you can't do it on high school sports. But yeah, I, I love statistics. I've been cracking these numbers down, uh, and I probably still will get a lot of stuff wrong, but. Um, I'm really excited to get going. So I guess to start, we should backtrack and look at last year, 2018. Uh, Oskaloosa and Pella highlighted the 3A-7, uh, or it's 3A District 7 conference. Um, Oski finished 8-2, and two, Pella finished 8-2. and two. Uh, That game came down to those two opponents' game. Uh, in the end, Oskaloosa defeated Pella's 36-35 in one of the more controversial endings of any game last year, probably in the last five years, I remember that uh, that game went over a little rough. But either way, Oski and Pella both made it. Newton finished a five and four. Grinnell finished three and six. Knoxville three and six, and South Tama zero oh and nine for the first time in a few years over there in South Tama. Uh, obviously, Pella and Oski made the playoffs. So for the first time, they really just didn't show out. Uh, Oskaloosa lost in the first round to Cedar, or uh, to, uh, Pella lost in the first round to Cedar Rapids Xavier, who went on to win the state title against uh, Western Dubuque, 34 to 20. Oskaloosa lost to Harland in the first round, um, and it was the first time since 2013 that Pella didn't make the 3A title game, which was stunning considering the roster that they had. But you know, last year we talk about Pella and Oski. Grinnell had a pretty impressive year in terms of improvement. Yes, they did. And, you know, it's for Coach Souser, the, the ability to come in here. And a lot of times I think a, a coach's mind is how we got to be able to play a ball game and be competitive in a tough district. And we weren't only competitive. We had parts of ball games that our record, and I know every coach would say this, that our record don't show what we actually did. Well, Grinnell Tigers is one of those teams last year. I mean, they put some points on the board. They they stepped up into the pocket and stayed in the pocket and threw the ball. Uh, we had some rushing yards. You know, granted, when you have Gavin McFarlane as a running back that's just like a bulldog back there, he puts the, puts the hurt on people just of running and hitting itself. But I think all in all, putting those together with some of the, the near wins, my goodness, go down to Fairfield. How many teams will walk away from Fairfield with putting up that many points and say you lost a ball game? 61-44. So, you know, those are – there's a lot of things out there that we could stop and review. And I'm not going to beat them up too bad. You could go back and listen to our podcast with uh, Coach Souser. I think he had enough 
moans and groans when we just talked about the season. It could have won a should have yeah, season. Could have could have won us. So I think going forward, there is so many kids on that team. Uh, there was a lot of sophomores that played had quality play time. They had a lot of sophomores that lettered. So those kids are basically coming into this season uh, acting like they're seniors, and they're just juniors. So they have another year to put a tough skin on. Uh, the weight room has been awesome, just awesome for these Grinnell Tigers. They have put uh, body weight on. They have put um, strength into all parts of their body. And as uh, Coach Souser was talking about the Chris Doyle approach of, of total weight gain and total gain and strength, so of adding everything up, don't look at just what your max bench is. Don't look at what your sheer squad is. Taking everything and putting it together and making a package out of a football player. And I see it. Man, I, I, you walk around that football field, you see these kids that are they're beefed up. And you know, I'll, I'll let the secret out of the hat. When Coach Salsa says you go through gallons and gallons and gallons of chocolate milk <laughs> after weightlifting, they're putting that whole milk in in purpose of milk fat and the chocolate of the calories. It just burns it and it puts it in the, the places that are just burning. And when you do a complete workout that goes from head to toes, every bit of those muscles and everything is just yearning to get all that in there. So those are some of the things on the off season. And then they also talked about their receiving program, you know, uh, Coach Sasser talked about the, the ability to go play the eight-on-eight eight or the seven-on-seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, going out there with your quarterbacks and your receivers and just running, 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 and working as a team together. And then when you come back to the season, put these linemen in place that a lot of them know what's going on. But when you have receivers that know where they're supposed to be running their routes, a quarterback that has the ability to look at the whole field and not just pinpoint one receiver and give it away. Because when you have four people going out for a pass, if if you're only looking at one of them, we're not really running effective offense. And I think this uh, offensive game that they go in and play all summer gives them the ability to do that and, and really have great strides at it. So, you know, those those are some of the big things right there that, right. that keeps them coming back and, you know, the taste of winning that they had last year, it's just a small part. You know, it's rough to say three and six. I think easily it could have been five five and four is what their record should have been. And I think this year their goals, just like any other team, your goals are to win a lot of ball games and make it to the playoffs. And the group that they have, I think they have strength and they have numbers. So we're pretty excited for what this Grinnell team has to put out there. All right, well, we're going to start talking about – we'll get back to Grinnell here in a little bit, but uh, I guess we'll start out with the uh, preview of each uh, 3A-7 team uh, so far. So I guess we'll talk about the team that technically has gotten the most buzz over the media side is the Oskaloosa Indians, the tied for first uh, winners last year. Big question around Oskaloosa this year is who in the world is going to play quarterback? It is a three-man quarterback battle over there in Oskaloosa. Uh, Cole Henry has graduated. He's going to UNI to play basketball, so now it's a big question mark. They lost a little bit of their line. They still have a good receiving core. It's going to be the biggest question. Can Oskaloosa turn it around? And on opening night, they're going to have to figure it out because they host Pella Christian, who is ranked 13th in 1A 
And just because you're a 1A team does not mean that you could just sit down and play with them for a little bit. Right. And, and you know, last year I think Pella Christian kind of surprised them. Uh, when Pella Christian walked in there, or they actually went to Pella Christian to play, uh, they got beat. Yeah. You know, 33-51. to 51. Now, we set up in the, the press box when Oskaloosa came to Grinnell, and, you know, there was a lot of things. Well, we, there was kids that had some grade issues. There were some kids that had some, you know, discipline issues. So their whole team didn't play. But when you go back and look at the stats for that game, quite a few of the kids who were the stat makers or the big play makers, they played that ball game. Yeah. So, you know, you could say what you want to say about having uh, a bad game, but I think some of it is Oskaloosa went into that game a little bit strong-headed, thinking this is a, a smaller opponent. And Pell Christian, they're not a small opponent. They they had a quality football team, and they just weren't ready for it. Right, and Oskaloosa going on their the rest of their non-conference schedule. We won't talk about the conference because the conference is the same every year. Um, Washington comes to – or they they uh, they go to Washington – um, in the second week, and we know how good Washington can be. Washington used to be a big powerhouse. They've kind of fallen off, but still a tough game. Fairfield, they then have to go to Fairfield, so they stay around that region. Fairfield's offense can put up numbers, as they did against Grinnell. And then they end against Norwalk, who, you know, used to be that regular opponent, but Norwalk is still, I mean, still a crazy good school. And overall, behind Pelaoski has the second-hardest conference or non-conference schedule. I guess in terms of going back to when you played, how much did the non-conference opponents mean when it came to playing the conference opponents? Well, it, if you could get a conference, a, a non-conference appointment that would test you, you know, and, and make you better. And, and you look at their schedule last year of those four games, uh, obviously with that loss, but they, they were only won by two touchdowns. Yeah. You know, the, the Fairfield game was a 14 point game. The Norwalk game, was 21 a little bit more but the Washington game was just a 10 point game. So I'd say they had some tests tests and tribulations going into that of you know getting them ready. Uh were they a powerhouse in the the district 7? They were. Yeah. I mean yeah. they, they I come, mean, yeah. They they definitely came in with a little bit of I mean the point power. differential between everyone but Pella is outstanding. They beat everyone but Pella by more than 30 points. Yeah. And, and you know what's really interesting when you look at their district 7 conference schedule for last year, uh Grinnell was the Grinnell and Knoxville were the only teams, I guess South Tama, the only ones away. So they had a split schedule. Right. of home and away. But they got Pella at home. Now, granted, that was their closest right, game of right. all year. But you'd rather get Pella at home than go there. Exactly. And we'll get to that Pella stat here when and, I talk uh, about Pella. You know, with Newton, Newton being 56 to 20, that if I remember right, that game at halftime was a close ball game. Yeah, I think it, it was like 27. Yeah, to, it it yeah. wasn't blown out until the end of the third quarter. Right. And and you know, I hate to say it, the Newton Grinnell game was the same way. Right. Newton played uh, Grinnell really tough, or Grinnell played Newton really tough until the third quarter, and then it just kind of broke down. So, you know, Newton is one of those teams that th they got a couple wins on them, but I think they, they're also going to be a, a force to reckon with. But, you know, anytime you get that, to go down to Oskaloosa and play on that complex. It's intimidating. It, it is. It's a nice field. Uh, William Penn College uses that field also. So it, it seems like it's wide, and it seems like it's a lot longer 
but it is. It's just 100 yards long, and uh, it's a standard football field. So I guess to wrap up on Oskaloosa, give me your two games that are the make-or-break games for Oskaloosa. In my opinion, it's probably going to be week one again. You have to get past Pella Christian. And, I, I mean, it's probably obvious, but I feel like Pella's once again going to have to be that main one, unless Washington can put in something. Yeah, I do. I, I think you're you're right on uh, with those predictions. Pella obviously is going to be their, their strong game. And they got to go to Pella. Yeah. And, you know, Norwalk's always a wild card. Yeah. You never yeah. know how Norwalk's going to come out playing. Uh, you know, the basketball team is, is a great basketball team. And football, you know, football was – they had a good team, but they lost – what they lose, a, a tailback yeah. or yeah, a quarterback? They, they lost a line that was good, and they lost their quarterback. Yeah, so – and that was an injury in the season that kind of right. put them out of the strength of knowing where they're at. So, I, you know, Norwalk's just one of those one-off teams that you can't ever say what's going to happen out there. All right, so we're going to jump on to the next team that finished tied for first in the 3A District 7. We're going to jump to the Pella Dutch. The Pella boys, obviously, 8-2 and two last year, same as Oskaloosa. Uh, their schedule is pretty tough. Uh, Dallas Center Grimes in week one, though, they when they scheduled Dallas Center Grimes two years ago, because they scheduled it before that's the whole two years, you play them two years, Dallas Center Grimes was a really good football team, and now they are not really good. They are almost at the very bottom of uh, 4A. So last year it was a cakewalk. I assume this year is probably going to be a cakewalk. They do get them at home. They do go to Mount Pleasant in week two, and Mount Pleasant was a little bit of a problem. Norwalk in week three, and Norwalk should be improved, but I'm going to circle the game in week four against Carlisle on the road. Carlisle's known to make some runs in the playoffs, and if Pella's going to do anything, they're going to have to get through this non-conference schedule. And not to mention, they didn't really lose much in terms of seniors right i agree 100 percent. you know the for the team that carlisle we was it two years ago carlisle team come into here yeah and, it was uh, a few years ago the, they were steamrolled yeah the, just a steamroll they hit you about five different ways they yeah. had uh, a good quarterback a, a good wing back a fullback tailback they're just overall a good uh team that's well coached and that that's probably more important is having kids buy into it but, you know, for the pack, uh, what Pella has going for them, Pella has a, a tradition of of winning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having, I don't know, I can't remember last time I looked back, but I think in the last 10 seasons, they've had no more than three losses at the most mm-hmm. in a year. So anytime that you have some a program that's running 66% or better, you're always going to have the ability to get kids come out in I'm always intrigued about the town of Pella as in look at how many kids are there. Yeah. You know, if you put uh, one school in that town and took Pella Christian and combined it with Pella, uh, you would have a monster 4A team that would probably be very competitive in the 4A district. And even at a 3A district to have the talent that they have and the ability to come out and play football every day of the – the season uh, it's just phenomenal to me. But, you know, one thing that we've seen the last couple of years is Grinnell has had a team being these South, not they were sophomores, but when they were freshmen, when they were sophomores, and when they're now juniors, they've had a touch of they have beat Pella once. Yeah, and JV. Yeah. So they, they beat them in JV, and then they've also uh, been able to take care of them 
on the sophomore field or the freshman field. So that is one advantage you have to look at. Yeah. You know, that there's there's opportunities out there of certain kids just play better against other teams. Yeah. And anytime I don't I don't think that there's any night that the Grinnell Tigers don't come to town and and play great football right. when Pella's not here. I mean, yeah. it, the score may not always show it, but I guarantee if you go out and ask the kids on the field that they had to play hard to win that ball game or vice versa if take the loss. So I, I agree 100% with you. I think that you've nailed it on what their schedule is. Yeah, I think at the – I, I don't think for them, I don't think any of the conference games, in my opinion, will be key games for Pella. I think if you're a Pella fan, you got to circle the Mount Pleasant game and you got to circle the Carlisle game. They're both on the road. One more step before we head on. Pella has not lost a regular season home game since 2011. That is absolutely incredible. All right, we're going to go on to the team who finished third in 3A-7. That is the Newton Cardinals. I can tell you right now, Newton is young, but at the same time, they lost a lot of seniors. They had the second largest team in 3A-7. And you look at their schedule uh, ahead, it turns out. So when you schedule two years ago, some teams are going to be good. Some teams are going to be bad. Pella or PCM, a 2A team, was like, yeah, they're kind of good. Well, I'm sorry to Newton fans, but you have to play the number one defending champion PCM Monroe Mustangs on opening night. Then they turn around and go to Boone. They come back home and play a Tumla, and then they come uh, back home again to take on Waterloo East. So a pretty difficult non-conference schedule, but taking a look at last year against those teams, I mean, if they can get past either PCM or Boone, I don't know. Newton could be coming back pretty strong if, because Oskaloosa and Pella, you never know. But if they can get one of those two games against their first two opponents, boy, I think Newton might be in a driver's seat for a possible upset bid. Well, I think any time that a team could come into uh, the first game of the districts being 4-0 and yeah. is momentum for anybody. Oh, yeah. uh, let alone if, if you're going, like they come in at 500, they still were sitting at pretty decent. Right. Uh, especially with the win over Waterloo East, you know, to come back and say you got beat by PCM, uh, the Boone loss was a tough loss. Take on the, the cheek there, just a four-point loss. But, you know, Atama isn't is a big school. That's a 4A yeah. school. Yeah. You know, and Waterloo is a 4A school. So those are not, you know, small. And then they got their motor running and kind of steamrolled over South Tama last year, 49-7. Uh, and then went, <laughs> went to Oskaloosa, uh, that Lacey complex down there, and uh, took a little bit of a beating, uh, 20 to 56. And then, you know, play a tough, tough up to third quarter game with Grinnell. If that game was played on another day, I feel like that could have just been a coin toss. Game. Yeah, there was, and you know, and it was we, you went to the game, I listened to it and there was just, it was heartbreak that, yeah. that game there and good, good for the Newton Cardinals, bad for the Grinnell Tigers. And, and then they traveled down to Pella, which again, you know, if you, you're playing at a place that like Pella that has such a tradition of winning 
All you could say is, did you get something good to eat before you left because you got skunked there? Oh, it's going to be tough. Uh, 1749. It, it's going to happen someday. Whoever beats Pella in their own place, man, it's going to be a celebration. Well, and, and, you know, that's where I think that confidence of these, uh, I hate keep going back to these Grinnell juniors, but they beat Pella there. Right, right. They beat Pella there their freshman year, and it was a big win too. So I, I, I like that. I just love it. I love it when you could say that we beat you. Yeah, yeah. And have that little edge over top of them. So, you know what? We're we're almost halfway through. We've got through three teams. Let's take a break. We got a new sponsor this week. Uh, we don't have their commercial in yet, but I want to thank Grinnell Mutual. They jumped on board and is going to sponsor our podcast going out through the rest of the year, all the way until next year this time. So, thank you for Grinnell Mutual. We'll get your commercial. Uh, into us and they're also going to be a scoreboard sponsor for us for the flagship through the whole season so on our scoreboard you'll see Grinnell Mutual down there and then we're also they're going to have four commercial spots so uh, thank you again Grinnell Mutual does such a great job of of sponsoring Grinnell Tiger Sports and uh, again they they just want to be there and show their support through the season but in, until we get back to them let's hear a word from Polly Ice Pizza and we'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauli, third generation owner of Pauli Eyes and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PauliEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Pauli Eyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Alrighty, we're back. Once again, thank you to Poly Ice Pizza for sponsoring and all the sponsors that have, are just jumping on for this upcoming football season. You'll hear about those during our broadcast. Well, we've talked about Oskaloosa, Pella, and Newton. Now it's time to get to Grinnell, who finished tied for fourth in the 3A-7 district. Grinnell finished 3-6, a two-game improvement over the 2017-2018 campaign. Grinnell this season will head on the road to Mid-Prairie Wellman this Friday. Then they'll come back home against North Polk at ADM and then home against Fairfield. Um, conference schedule stays the same, obviously. We talked about quarterback play. We now have a young running back. We now have a young uh, halfback. We, I mean, we have three seniors on this football team. It's go time. I'm not going to say it's go time or bust because I think the future is bright. But this non-conference schedule, we'll start with that, all winnable games. Yeah, I, I'm right with you, Blake. I think that, you know, for saying last year we had a strong base of seniors, but we had a gap of discipline of sophomores that are just learning how to play varsity football. And they were good players, hmm. very good players. But when you have to make that jump, there is a difference of coming out and playing freshman football to say that now I'm playing against a senior. Uh, two years of age difference makes a huge difference. The ability of those guys being in the weight room three years longer. So now I think that these kids have made that jump and they're now playing that position. And I really think that, you know, some of these games that we're looking at, Mid-Prairie Wellman, uh, again, in North Polk, and ADM, you know, the ADM was a heartbreaker. Oh. Uh, and, you know, there's another one that we could put up, chalk up on the board. 
in Fairfield. And, and you know, to add with it, some of those losses were slip through your fingers, bad tackles, you know, not breaking down, not executing. You know, and again, when we talked to Coach Saucer in the podcast, it's that's there's goals. That's what they're going to work on. These are the fundamentals. And now they know what to expect out of him as a coach. I think the players are not second guessing. They're saying, all right, we're going to do it. This yeah. is the way it's going to be. Yeah. And, and we're going to provide for what this coach is asking us. And I think, you know, it's not only going to be – it's going to be a good show. Yeah. I, I'm so pumped up. You you talked a couple of weeks ago about the uh, the Orange Crush yeah. uniforms. Now to go with it, you, we have a new helmet design. Mm-hmm. We threw that out on yeah. the, the Twitter page. It, it's incredible of the energy that is building yeah. with these little things. And I know that people maybe listen to this podcast and say, oh, yeah, everyone could get new uniforms. Yeah. It's it's like electricity for these yeah, kids, yeah. Uh, and the the team is rising. And you know we have the opportunity; we get to hear them every night. We get to hear their chant before they leave the field, and the energy out there when they're practicing. And I think that there there's a lot of good positive things that are going to come out of this season. And these first four games, uh, I, I'm feeling positive about them. Yeah, I was gonna say, can we just circle the whole schedule as the key games? <laughs> yep. I yeah, I I think it's gonna be I it's gonna be a lot of fun. This non-conference schedule is gonna be fun. That North Polk game, oh man, get excited! If you remember two years ago, that game, the last second field goal, uh, there's I mean there's we want to beat them again. ADM obviously Fairfield, uh, Knoxville comes to town. Newton comes to town. Pella comes to town. The end of the season that'd be pretty cool to pull an upset. Probably be one of the biggest upsets Grinnell's ever pulled, but. There's a lot to be excited for, and we're really excited to keep going on it. Yeah, I, I think. Speaking of that, 2011 Pella, who was the last team to beat Pella at Pella? It was, I believe, Norwalk. Was it, it was Norwalk? not Grinnell. It no. was not Grinnell. I thought Grinnell was the second to last team. Second to, to last team. Yeah. All right. So close. Man. All right, we're <laughs> we're moving on to Knoxville, who tied for fourth, three and six. Knoxville's an interesting team. A run heavy but still can pass the ball type of offense. They had a lot of sophomores and juniors. So if anybody's going to step up this year, it's going to be Knoxville. Uh, they lost to Fairfield to open, or they start the, well, they lost to Fairfield last year, but they opened against Fairfield this season. Saydell, Centerville, Sheridan. Man, that's a nice three punch right there. But last year they took care of Saydell. They took care of Centerville. Uh, I see no reason why Fairfield or Knoxville could go an easy 4-0 to start their non-conference season. It's the conference season that bit them last year. Only one conference win, and that was against South Tama. It's a real big toss-up, but for Knoxville, when you have a young squad, you got to think there might be improvement on the horizon. Right, and you know one thing that's intriguing about the this Knoxville team was they only had two blowouts. Yeah, yeah. You know they played competitive football uh, within you know two touchdowns all season. Three, yeah, yeah, three, three, three blowouts pretty much. So, but you know. Obviously, when you have Pella that zips you, and uh, Oskaloosa took you 642, and and then, you know, Newton 12, 12 to 55, that's a pretty good hit. It was 20 to 12 at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. So the, all these teams are, they have opportunities to play. And, you know, for Grinnell's win over Knoxville, it was it was off of Knoxville's mistakes. Defense. You know, it we... 
that's when I believe that's Dodge South. Dodge pick first six. Pick six as a, a big defensive lineman. Uh, I, I get a kick out of my look at his huddle tapes, but it's it's the real deal. Yeah. You know, he, he got that big Paul up in there and got a, um, an interception off that, ran in for a touchdown. But, again, if you look at the statistics of Knoxville football, it's turnovers that killed them. Yeah. Turnovers that killed them all year and points that were scored off of turnovers. Mm-hmm. So, in statistically, for a football coach, you have to just rub your head and say, eliminate turnovers and we could take X amount of points off the board that scored on us and then turn your offense into a scoring machine. And there's a lot of times that your players, it's hard to sink that into their head. Oh, it's a turnover. It's a fumble. Every time they fumble or every time you get an interception and that turns into a touchdown, that's a big factor. Right. And, and you look at Knoxville on, on points after uh, turnovers, that number was substantial. Well, yeah, and that that's one of the main things people forget. When you turn the ball over as a defense, if you get a turnover – What's the point if you don't score off of it? You right. know, that that was – it's one of those things like points off turnovers matter so much because in the end, the reason you got the turnover is to hopefully end up scoring more. So we'll see if Knoxville can turn that around. So uh, I guess the two games that I would watch out for for them, they play Saydale and Centerville right back-to-back. Those will be on the road. Those are going to be the make-or-breakers for Knoxville. All right, 0-9, South Tama. Last year the Trojans had a very struggling year. But they have a junior, number two, Peyton Vest, 5'10", 175 pounds. Obviously, I think their best player. South Tama can still win games. It's very possible. What's going to be the difference for South Tama to get back into a winning groove? Even if it's one win, what has South Tama got to do? I think you have to look at the exact same thing as, as controlling your turnovers. Yeah. Uh, coach Doran is a, a good coach. He he was a good football player as a player and to come back and, and take the program over from Coach Hosky. I think he knows what needs to be done, just like a lot of these young coaches, that if you were in a winning program like he was when he was in high school, he knows what needs to happen. Uh, the big thing is is just trying to get the players to buy in and get the players out. You know, South Tama is one of those, I can't remember what exactly how many kids they had on their roster. Let me double check this. It's it's not many. Yeah, it's a, it, it is a pretty thin roster. But they also did not have a ton of seniors. Yeah. So that that's kind of a, looks like there's about a handful, eight 30, or yeah, thirty or forty, eight or nine of them maybe seniors. Yeah. The rest they got a lot of sophomores that they brought up. Yep. Um, but there again, it's how much playing time do these kids get last year? And we know again, like Peyton Vest. He, he was a phenomenal runner. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when it come down to Grinnell's turnovers against uh, – or South Tama's turnovers against Grinnell's, what just put them – you know, they had an interception and they were on their five-yard line turnaround. And, you know, interception, Tanner Strand last year, we're on the 12 and boom, we got a touchdown again. So those, those are the things that just shot them in the foot every time. Uh, however, you know – their bright side of, I guess, their best game probably to look at is probably Nevada. That's, and yeah. And I, uh, I went up and watched that Nevada game just because my nephew or your cousin was playing in it. And up until halftime, South Tama was in that ball game. Yeah. Uh, so I really think they're just like everyone else. They have some opportunities, but 
when you don't have much of a bench and you got boys that are going both ways, yep. it wears them out quick. Yep. Uh, and I'm not saying that Grinnell has a great opportunity to have kids that we could platoon go each way, but we have some select kids that do get breaks that allows them to be 100% when it is their time to come in on that field. Uh, and then it rolls back to strength and conditioning. You know, how, how well are these kids conditioned to play, you know, that 24 minutes and a half, you know, or 24 minutes straight. So you just have to look at that and, and keep going with it. So tough, tough years at South Tama and, you know, they're, they're right on the verge of being uh, the smallest school in yeah. 3A. Yep. Uh, a couple of years ago, they they dropped down to 2A, and they had a little success just because they play against some teams that are their size. But, again, it, it's going to be a tough, tough run for the boys up at South Tama this year. All right, so we're going to wrap up. Uh, I guess we'll end with Blake's predictions. Yay. Um, so I, I'm just going to give out the record prediction that I think um, and what, what I think is going to happen a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take Pella. I'm going to win the 3A District 7. Um, Pella won the state t- title in 14-15 and 16. It'll be their 31st playoff appearance this upcoming season, and they have not missed the playoffs since 2006. They're building a nice little record. I'm going to say Pella goes 8-1. and one. I bet they trip up against either Mount Pleasant or Carlisle. Second place team, I'm going to give it to... Oskaloosa. I'm going to say Oski goes probably 7-2. and two. They won the state title in 1996, which I had never known had happened. 17 playoff appearances for Oskaloosa. 7-2, and two, in my opinion, could be a little bit generous considering the quarterback position and the problems that they face, but you never know. Oskaloosa could come back strong. And I'm throwing out a, I'm throwing out a big one. Grinnell's going to go 6-3. and three. I like it. I like 6-3. and three. It's either going to be 5-4 or 6-3. and 6-3 is a great building year. Grinnell has gone to the playoff 16 times in the school's history. Their last playoff appearance was 2013 when they lost to Clear Lake in the quarterfinals. Grinnell, as of right now, is still the team in 3A District 7 that has yet to been in the playoffs for this longest time. Finishing fourth, I'm going to go with Newton, who is also going to finish 6-3. Well, actually, I'll give him 5-4. We'll go 5-4. You never know what their running game. They did have the number one running team in the country or in the 3A uh, District 7. 25 playoff appearances. Apparently, you told me, and I learned about it, Newton went on a tear in the 80s and 90s, which I never knew about. Uh, the last playoff appearance, though, 2014. They lost to Pella in the second round. Uh, where are we at? Finishing uh, fifth in the conference, I'm going to go with Knoxville. The Panthers, I'm going to say, are going to finish four and five, so one game better than last year. Winnable games, I think they're a really good team. If they force turnovers like they did last year, they led the 3A District 7 in interceptions with 10. I think they're going to be a really hard team to beat at some points, and they get a favorable little schedule. Their last playoff appearance was in 2014 when they lost to Dallas Center Grimes in the first round. And then finishing last is going to be South Tama, but I'm going to give them one win. I think they trip up uh, Nevada. I th- they get Nevada gets to go to South Tama. I'm just saying it'll probably be homecoming night somewhere around there. So I'm going to say South Tama finishes 1-8, and eight, but an improvement is on the horizon. Their last playoff appearance was 2015. They lost to Albia in the quarterfinal. Not not the first and second round. South Tama went to the quarterfinal. So that's my predictions. I say Pella wins it again, and your Grinnell Tigers finish 6-3. and three. 
You got any quick prediction? I, I, I'm going to go one better. I think Grinnell, I think, is going to get seven wins this year. Seven. Do you think it'll be enough for a playoff berth? I, I or don't. Is Oski I think gonna it's going to be. be I think. I think they're going to have a tough time with Oski and a tough time with Pella. But I, my confidence level of what I see of this team is seven and two. I'm seeing a seven and two. Wow. Seven and two ball team out there. I, I, I was impressed with what we were able to see at Iowa City High. Yeah. And I was even more impressed with the young kids on the JV freshman team. Yeah. They had some quality plays out there, offensive and defensively going. So I, it's oh, everyone Dream can make, big. everybody can make a prediction, but <laughs> I you like know it. It, what it takes for the town of Grinnell is is buy-in and go see them. You you go out and follow them. You know if you can't make a ball game, watch it here live uh, for the home games. But I tell you what, folks, let's fill these stands. This uh, this program has energy. Uh, if if you didn't already know about it, the uh, the Grinnell Football Club is hosting a Tiger Talk this Friday at Holly Ice Pizza from 11:45 to one o'clock. I Something believe. like that. Yeah. Uh, get a hold of Dustin Smith uh, or anyone that's in that uh, Mark Copeland that's involved with the Grinnell uh, Football Club. Get in there and see what Joey Holly is is going to put on a buffet. I think it's 13 bucks a head. There's limited seats. Uh, we, we have a commitment going on this Friday. We won't be there, but I, I will be there every Friday after that to support this team and, and for the good of what's going on in Grinnell Tiger football. Uh, it's awesome. I yep. mean, it, it's, there's so much energy going around here. I was out for a walk at the park tonight. The Grinnell Flag Football League is, is running strong in the evenings over here at the practice field. The, the Tackle Football League that Jim Dunn, and three or four of them are, are getting involved with is going strong. I, I tell you what, folks, Grinnell football is, is going to be back on the map. Yep. Uh, it, it's making a change, and it, it's incredible. And, and that's not even to say, you know, Grinnell sports all the way around. The volleyball team, they got off to a scrimmage Saturday morning. Uh, invitational that was held right here, and, and that was – you know, good energy that's going on that side. They come off of a year last year that was a pretty good year. Uh, so there's a lot of things, and, and we, let's not leave out the cross-country uh, team and the swim team. So yeah. there's a lot of fall sports to get out and support. Uh, we're going to try to take some time and, and sit down with all those coaches throughout the season. Blake may be busy with uh, school, but I'll have the opportunity to go in and we'll sit down and visit with them, and, and we want to hear everything that's going on. So that that is what – Grinnell Tiger Sports is about. Yeah, we're pumped about football because that's what we're going to be doing live streaming. Uh, but again, it, it's pretty exciting. We can't wait for the season to get get going. Uh, we've already talked to Coach Souser to we, we have his ear to get him back in here a couple times for these podcasts uh, and see what his opinion is on how this football team is growing and growing bigger and bigger. So, with that being said, Blake, I, it's great to be back. Yeah. Great to be back. We're excited to see everyone uh, uh, join in on the live streams. Uh, we'll be out next Friday. Uh, again, this Friday we will not be going to the game. Uh, my dad and I were headed to Fry Fest. Go Hawks. Um, yeah, uh, if you're a fan from a different school listening and you're thinking about making the trip to Grinnell when your team comes to play, you should because our bleachers are better. Our road bleachers have been repaired. 
I was over there tonight. They're halfway done. They're going to be done by opening kickoff. So uh, make sure to come on in and enjoy. Uh, if you can't make it to the game, watch our live stream. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. And uh, once again, thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast. He's Dan Walker. I'm Blake Walker. And we'll see you all next time. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.